that in mind, let us pray. Gracious God, where our hearts are closed to your love and to the love of others, we pray you open them. Where our ears are closed to the good news of your grace, where we seek and we strive for love and feel that we are not good enough, we pray that you open our ears to hear. Especially, O oh Lord, we pray that you might open our eyes to see, to see the world as you see the world, to see others as you see them. A creation that is a gift of your grace. From step one. Amen. So today's scripture hinges on, it depends upon, one single question. What can I do for you? What can I do for you? Jesus asks this question when he's flagged down by a blind panhandler named Bartimaeus. Jesus and co. are on their way out of the city of Jer Jericho and surrounded by crowds. Jesus' fans are trying to get to him before, Bartimaeus is trying to get to him before it's too late. So he cries out to Jesus, have mercy on me, son of David. And the crowd, embarrassed by this street-type person, tries to shut him up. He's the last person they wanted at the head of the welcome wagon committee for the famous miracle worker and prophet healer, Jesus. So they try to shout him down. They try to drown him out with baby-like cries. Uh, no. <laughs> They try to drown him out, but he keeps calling, have mercy on me, son of David, have mercy on me, son of David, until Jesus takes notice of him. And Jesus calls him to himself through the crowd, and then he asks that single important question, what can I do for you? Blind Bartimaeus simply says, I want to see. In response, Jesus tells him to get up and go. And he says, your faith has made you well. The man jumps up, sight returned, and he joins Jesus and his merry band on their way. This man sees again. He's been healed, and it wouldn't have happened without a single prompting question from Jesus. What can I do for you. Funny enough, when I first heard this scripture passage, I was first reminded of the McDonald's drive-through. Probably one of the last places that one might associate with spiritual or physical health. But when we pulled up through the drive-through recently, I heard the voice of Jesus come through the scratchy drive-through speaker. Good afternoon, she said. Welcome to McDonald's. What can I get for you? What can I get for you? The words of Jesus, well, almost 
the words of Jesus, but you get what I mean. It got me to thinking about how we think about how we imagine faith and about how we think about the spiritual path. We tend to think of it like the McDonald's drive-through, that there's something we want out of life, and that if we ask it, if we pursue it, if we pay up front, if we follow the right steps, do the right things, drive to the first window and pay, then at one point, very soon, we'll get what we ordered. Pick up your destiny at the next window. And simply walking through the self-help and spirituality sections of the local bookstore says it all. Your best life now. Seven steps to living your full potential. Reinventing your life. The breakthrough program to end negative behavior. The seven principles for making marriage work. The classic, how to win friends and influence people, is also there still, apparently. And my personal favorite title, You Are a Badass. <laughs> how to stop doubting your greatness and start living an awesome life. These titles suggest just something simple that we want to become better. And so when we're asked the question, what do you want me to do for you? We want happiness. We want success. We want wealth. We want influence. We want more friends. We want to be better spouses, parents, and partners. We want to be more attractive to friends and members of the opposite sex or the same sex. And so when we look at life's menu, we're inclined to look around and choose being badasses who live awesome lives above everything else. Now, there's nothing inherently wrong with wanting any of these things, of course. Though I guess a few weeks ago, Jesus did say that there's a problem with being driven by the acquisition of wealth, so maybe take that off the menu. But for the most part, these are natural human inclinations. It's natural to want love, security, friendship, and meaning. It's natural to want to be better than we are. The problem is, though, that these things never really seem to actually deliver on what they promise. At least, not directly. I mean, I've read plenty of these books. I've tried the techniques. Certainly, there are things that have made my life easier. Helpful advice, for sure, but I'm still not living at my full potential. Still have negative behaviors. Still not a world-renowned preacher writing brilliant sermons in less than an hour a week because I am just simply opened to the work of the Holy Spirit. Still not an awesome badass as of yet. I'm just quoting the book. This is church. I'm quoting something else. And really, my marriage is only good thanks to my wife Cheyenne and God's sheer grace. You know, it certainly has nothing to do with sagely advice from 
Deepak Chopra. Like the blind man, I've, I've asked for plenty of different things at plenty of different times, but so far, unlike the blind man, Jesus has yet to deliver on my order at life's second drive through window. I haven't got what I wanted. I haven't got what all these different things have promised me, and I'm willing to bet that I'm not the only one here who can say that. We rarely get what we want out of the spiritual path. And we rarely get what we want out of God. It's the unfortunate truth. But maybe the problem isn't so much with God. Maybe the problem's actually with us. Maybe the problem is what we're asking for, what we're looking for out of the spiritual path. The problem is our answer to the question, what do you want me to do? The root problem is what we want. What we want. You'll remember that last week, a few chapters ago, or a chapter ago, actually the same chapter, a few verses ago, Jesus asked this same question. He asked this same question of two of his closest disciples, James and John, two of the people that have learned his way from the master. They came to him saying, Jesus, we have a request. And Jesus responded, what do you want me to do for you? Just like he did in this week's text. And they responded like, any of us would. Jesus, we want to sit at your right hand and your left. Which is to say, when you come into your glory, we want power, we want prestige, we want wealth, we want to win friends and influence people. And much, much more. But the most interesting thing is what Jesus says in response. Money, success, Influence, prestige, career advancement, fulfillment, happiness, achieving our full potential. None of these are mine to give, he says. None of these are mine to give. Basically, Jesus says that these things aren't the things that God is in the business of giving. Throughout Mark's gospel, Jesus has been saying over and over and over that his way is the way of the cross, a willingness to give up what we consider most important to inherit eternal life, life that lasts. Want to be great? Become a servant, Jesus says. Want to truly live? Die to yourself and follow me. And it's something that his disciples keep forgetting. It's something that his followers always seem to fail to understand. And it's something that we seem to forget. That we always seem to fail to understand as well. None of those techniques to attain our best lives or reach personal enlightenment work instantly. 
they don't work because it's not the way that God works. You can't get it because none of it, none of that stuff was even on the menu to begin with. Of course, then the question is, what is on the spiritual menu? To find that out, we need to go back to blind Bartimaeus, the panhandler who cried to Jesus. Because you remember, unlike James and John, Jesus actually gave him what he wanted. What can I do for you, Jesus asked. And he wanted sight. And he received sight. Why did Jesus grant one request and deny the other? What's the difference between the two of them? I think the difference between the two is well illustrated by the words of that great 20th century theologian, Sir Mick Jagger. I didn't include Keith Richards because he denied the knighthood. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> Contained within that great hymn of 1968, the one that goes like this. You can't always get what you want. But if you try some time, you'll find you get what you need. Now, I'm not sure. I can't vouch for the rest of the song or the content of the song, what the things that have driven Mick Jagger in his life. I'm not quite sure if those mix up. But these words, in their essence, are right. The difference between the two is that one is being able to see so we can seek for what we want versus being able to see and seek out what we need. The first re request from James and John comes out of our own desires, our personal view, our vision of what a good and full life looks like. It comes from what we want out of life. The second request from blind Bartimaeus is different. It's a longing for salvation. It's a longing for wholeness and fullness, a longing for life as God has always intended for us, which isn't always what we want. In fact, it's rarely what we want. Salvation means several things, but the primary one, the one that's rooted in the word, the Latin word, salve, is healing. And it's not just physical healing. As the great reformer John Calvin writes about this passage, he says, salvation is not limited to an outward cure, the external. But it includes also the healing and the health and safety of the soul, the internal life. And when you read it like this, Bartimaeus actually isn't the blind one to begin with. The disciples are, yet again, the blind ones because they aren't able to see that God isn't about rearranging our, rearranging our lives in the world for our benefit. God is about rearranging our souls 
about realigning everything in us and healing us from the inside out. Opening our eyes, resetting our hopes and dreams for the benefit of the world that God loves. Bartimaeus is given what he asked for, not because he wants the perfect life. He's healed because he's able to see what he needs, the healing that God gives. In fact, you can say he wants what he needs. And that's faith. So much so that he casts his cloak aside. He, his only possession, the source of his livelihood to collect money, He's willing to cast everything aside to receive this healing. Here we also see that God's way is less fast food consumer and more like artisanal, small farm, slow food. Because Bartimaeus is joining Jesus on a lifelong path. What Jesus gives takes longer to prepare, costs an arm and a leg, but better food for the spirit in the end. No easy shortcuts. That's the difference between the two and why one order was filled and the other went unfulfilled entirely because the spiritual path, the way of Jesus Christ, is not about us attaining success, power, fame, and glory that we think characterize a good and full human life. It's not about finding the life we've always wanted because that's not God's to give. It was never on the menu to begin with, in fact. No, it's about receiving salvation, healing. It's about putting everything else aside in order to see the world the way God sees it to find healing, to experience transformation. The spiritual life begins from square one. It begins with having our eyes open to our need for recreation at the deepest parts of our lives, from the inside out and from the bottom up. That's what God's got to give. And this is the only item on that hidden heavenly menu. And the promise is that if we want it, we'll get it. Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. So friends, the good news is that we can give up on all the exhausting techniques and easy fixes and methods to attain the lives we thought we always wanted. I don't know about you, but I find that to be exhausting. We can give up on all those things that we have put all our time and energy on reaching for and aspiring to, not only because they never really deliver on what they promise us, but simply because there's a better way. A way that begins not with our wants and desires, but with seeing our need for God to make all things new. Beginning with us. It's not the easy way, but it's the right way. 
And it's one that'll take our whole lives to learn. Because we can't always get what we want. But if we try sometimes, we might find, we will find, we get what we need. If we want it. Anyway. Amen.